0: Turn in your Bible to 2 Timothy. And this morning, this perhaps will not be so much a sermon as a Bible study. I want us to look into 2 Timothy and see the golden nuggets that are for us. And I hope you will mark your Bible. Make your Bible your own personal Bible. Sometimes we need to have two or three Bibles, one that you don't mark if you don't believe in marking your Bible. Then get a Bible that you can mark like you mark in your textbooks at school and so on. The theme of the message today is found in the verses that saith Williford read to us a little while ago. Beginning in 2 Timothy chapter two, verse one. Thou therefore my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard from me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That last verse in itself would be a tremendous theme, and especially as young people are going back to elementary and junior high and senior high and to college and to graduate school. Study to show thyself approved. That's a wonderful theme and would be a good theme for us to use all year long. If we're going to school this fall, let's study to show ourselves approved. I believe everybody can make the best grades that he individually is capable of. The reason we do not do it is because we do not study to do it. That phrase, study to show thyself approved, doesn't just mean pour over the books. It means get your mental attitude in such a condition that that's your goal. You study to get this done. You plan to get this done. Now, Paul, the great apostle, was nearing the end of his ministry. This second letter to Timothy is the most personal of all of his epistles. You remember that Paul wrote Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and maybe Hebrews. He wrote 13 epistles. Volume-wise, as far as the number of books or letters, Paul wrote more of the New Testament than anybody. John wrote five books, Paul wrote 13. But when you come to 2 Timothy, you notice a little difference. He is on his way home. He has just a few days left. This great apostle who has been all over the then known world preaching the gospel and tearing down barriers and building gospel beachheads in every continent, every island, And every land that was then known to man he is now about to go home you remember he was saved on the Damascus Road a light shone down and Saul who had been the great persecutor heard the voice of Jesus Saul Saul why do you persecute me and he said who are you sir And the voice said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In Acts chapter 9, verse 6, Paul sold out to Jesus Christ when he said, Lord, recognizing Jesus as Lord, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And in that moment, he yielded his heart. He yielded that great mental prowess that he had He put it all on the altar. In my judgment, Saul was the Aristotle, the Socrates, the Demosthenes of his age. Had he not been a Christian, had he not been converted to Christ, the world would probably hear of him like we hear of Aristotle or Socrates or the other philosophers. Saul was a brilliant mind. I'm so glad he was captivated by Christ and played on the team of Jesus. And when he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He meant it. It was as if he were singing, I won't turn back. I won't turn back. If none go with me, I still will follow. Today we have people who make commitments. We make professions. We say we yield to the will of God. And then every once in a while we take it all back and we go a different route and we get all involved in entertainment. We get all involved in the things of the world. And it clouds out that spiritual focus of our eyes and our mind and our heart. That never happened to Paul. When he yielded to the Lord, that man who had been a profane, blame, blasphemous man became the great soldier of the cross. And now it's all in the past. And he's writing to Timothy he's in a prison in Rome it is at the end of Nero's rule you remember that Nero is the man who set fire to Rome and then blamed it on the Christians and it is thought by most Bible students that Paul died at the hands of the Emperor Nero now I want you to notice some of the things he says in this little epistle He says, beginning in chapter one, verse seven, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. In other words, Paul says, I don't have anything to be afraid of. I've enlisted with the one who is the keeper of my soul, the keeper of my life, and I've trusted him implicitly and completely. I don't have to be afraid. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe God wants us to go through life filled with fear he wants us to be overcomers the other night on Wednesday night brother Sheldon Hale preached on depression and he mentioned there are a lot of reasons why people have depression but if we will listen to the Word of God Paul says we do not have to have the spirit of fear that doesn't mean we don't have to fear God but we don't have to be scared we'll have to go through life with our nerves jingling and jangling. We don't have to be afraid, for God hath given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then notice in verse 12, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That's another reason to have to be afraid. Paul is saying, I know the Lord. And when death comes, I don't have to be afraid. And all Nero can do to me is chop my head off. But I have something far, far better than that out beyond this life. And then he says in verse 16, chapter 1, verse 16, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain." Now you think of this, Paul was often lonely, this trooper of the cross, often finding himself either in jail or in some kind of a stormy prison. And he says, "'There were some people that ministered to me "'and were not ashamed of my chains. "'They helped me in my time of trouble.'" And then he goes into chapter two, And he's writing to Timothy and he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now we're talking about the theme from verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The degree that we're interested in is not so much the BS degree or the BA degree or the master's degree or the MDiv degree. Or the PhD degree or the THD degree all those are wonderful and as God gives you opportunity to study to advance to finish elementary junior high senior high go on to college do the very best you can walk across the stage and you receive your baccalaureate degree your BA or BS and then on further than that your master's degree and then your doctorate wonderful do it But I want to tell you, the degree that every one of us can have and need to have is the AUG degree. Approved unto God. And if we have the high school diploma, and we have the BA or the BS or the Masters or the THD or the PhD or whatever, and we do not have the AUG degree, we're of all men most miserable. We may get along for a little while here, but there is no adequate answer to death except the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that it is done, whether it be good or bad. Every one of us. And so Paul is encouraging. He's saying, here's how to study to show yourself. Here's how to get the AUG degree. Number one, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, you and I are saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by works. Thank God for works. But works without grace amount to reformation. And that's all. And they amount to nothing in eternity. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And Paul says, I want you to be strong in that grace that is in Christ Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. It doesn't amount to anything if you do not stand in the grace of Christ. So day by day, we need to remind ourselves, we're not saved by going to church. We're not saved by taking the communion. We're not saved by being baptized. We're not saved by being good. We're saved by grace. Let's stand firm in that grace and not be blown about with the winds of doctrine that would diminish that wonderful ministry of grace to our hearts. And then he says, thou therefore, what he says, I want you to give to others what I've given to you. Timothy, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm going to be gone. And so I want you to find faithful men Faithful men that you can pour your life into Somebody that will accept the challenge spend some time with him Pour your life into that person thou therefore The things that you have heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others Also, if we want the AUG degree, listen We must go through life with a plan of finding somebody we can pour our lives into. Many of you as parents have poured your lives into your children. God bless you. Do it, keep at it. Everyone who is a Christian needs to find somebody that he can pour his life into. The things that we have received from God, give them on to the next generation so that they too can pass that on to the next generation. Did you know that Christianity would die in one generation if it's not passed on? You just think of this. All of us in this auditorium and all within the sound of my voice today, you know how we heard about Jesus? You know how we got saved? You know how we got converted? You know how we enjoy singing the songs of Zion? The apostles heard it from Jesus. And Jesus said, Are you go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. And before the end of the first century, those early apostles took Jesus seriously and they went down to India, they went down to Africa, they went over to the Balkan countries and they tell us that even before the end of the first century, the gospel had been preached in England, what is now England. The then known world, Paul went on three missionary journeys and while he was in prison, he said, I wanna go again and tradition says God Ranged it so he could get out of that prison, not this one he's in now in Second Timothy, but earlier prison, and he got out and went to Spain and told the gospel there. So the gospel came to us from faithful men. And Paul is saying, Timothy, you find some other faithful people and give them that same thing I've given to you. Pass it on, pass it on. If you want the AUG degree, there must be something inside of you that says, I'm going to pass on to the next people the torch of Christ. That's the reason every one of us needs to be soul winners. We need to be concerned about the eternal destiny of people. Yesterday, some of our students went up on Western's campus and gave out scores and scores of invitations and announcements about Jesus and about this church and inviting folks, that's the way to do it. Through the years there's been a concerted effort on the part of some of our our leaders like Lonnie Mattingly and Ed Snyder and others who have taken up the torch of spiritual leadership. Some of them have gone from us and they led our young people to knock on every door in the city of Bowling Green. We've done that three times. That's not very many in all these years, but at least three times we need to do it again. Pass that message on to others. And then he says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. God never promised that it would be an easy street or an easy road. We're involved with one who spoke about death who spoke about a cross. He said, take up your cross and follow me. He that loves his mother or father or husband or wife more than me is not worthy of me. And he says, if you take up the plow and look backward, you're not worthy of me. You need to go on. We're talking about getting the AUG degree. Thou therefore endure hardness. No man that warreth involves himself or entangles himself in the affairs of this life so that he may please him with chosen him to be a soldier. One day, a man came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to follow you, but I want to go home and bury my dad first. Now, if you read it carefully, you notice his dad isn't even dead yet. Jesus is not telling the man, you can't go to your dad's funeral. But Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. You come and follow me. What was he saying? He was saying in another way, He that loves mother or father more than me is not worthy of me. I wanna tell you, we're talking about discipleship. We're talking about getting the AUG degree. We're talking about pleasing God with our lives so that when we come to the end of the way and we look back, we don't have any regrets. Now, Paul was saying, and I've got to hurry along. He was saying all of this in light of what he was going to say in chapter four. He said, uh, Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. Heap to themselves itch, teachers having itching ears and so on. And then he gives this estimate of his own life. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. And then he goes into some sad things. He says, Demas, my associate for a long time has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed unto Thessalonica. The closest people Paul had sometimes turned away and turned back which is a severe warning to us we have not reached the home stretch until we get to the home stretch there's no victory until we get there Dr. Lee used to pray Lord keep me from being a bitter old man he preached in this pulpit when he was 90 he kept on going until God took him I want to submit to you it's not just how you start, it's how you finish the race. We used to, I used to be in, in charge of the RAs, the Royal Ambassadors in the region. And we had regional meetings of RA chapters up at Camp Joy. And I remember time after time after time, we'd get those boys and they'd line up around the swimming pool, getting ready to swim. And there was one big guy, who was a show off. I hate to say that. He was a fine young man, but he really was a show-off. And he got on the spring, on the on the uh, the board, you know, what do you call it? Diving board. I couldn't think. Of it. I had a mental blank. He got on the diving board and he said, everybody watch me. And he made a big, big splash and he went down. Boy, it was really something to see. He turned two or three somersaults as he went down. And we waited and we waited and we waited. He didn't come up. Had to send a lifeguard down after. And finally they dragged him out. Now he made a big splash to begin with, but he didn't come out so well. A lot of people make big splashes to begin with. It's not how you start, as important as that is, it's how you finish. And that's what Paul is talking to Timothy about. He says, Timothy, my time is almost over. And here's what I've done to get the AUG degree. I've fought a good fight. I'm gonna tell you, there's a battle. We're in a warfare. It's not an easy road. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 12, Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your power, of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, what was he saying? He's saying, you've given Jesus your heart. He's already come to live inside of you. Now give him your body. We have three enemies in a student meeting last night. We discussed this, the world, the flesh, and the devil. A lot of times we blame on the devil, things that are not the devil's fault. You and I can get ourselves so involved in the world and in worldliness and all the things of this world that we put ourselves out of fellowship with the focus. And we don't even know it because everybody's doing it. You won't like me for what I'm gonna tell you. (laughs) When you involve yourself in rock music, you're involving yourself in worldliness and you don't even know it because everybody's doing it. That's, what the blairs, that's what's blaring on the radio and on television. And when you go to the movies and everywhere you go, you go into the restaurants and there it is again, everywhere and in the malls and everywhere. But when you involve yourself purposely in this, I'm not saying you can keep yourself, your ears from ever hearing any of it, but when you purposely involve yourself in it, what's happening is you're involving yourself in worldliness. Now you think about that you write down on a piece of paper five reasons why that's not true and see me after the service. I'd like to see your reasons. It's worldliness. When you involve yourselves in the movies, you involve yourself in worldliness. All the Hollywood characters that Portray people on the on the in the movies, why they're all filled with all kinds of wicked goals in mind and ideals that have nothing to do with the Christian faith. If there's ever anything Christian in those movies, they make fun of it. And they they portray some preacher or some priest that's a homosexual, or that's a a pervert, or some crazy kind of character, and 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 all of that. See, that's The world, that's the world system today. And Paul said, I haven't involved myself in that. I've wanted the AUG degree. I have not involved myself in worldliness. The other enemy we have is the flesh. You cannot blame the devil on the whims of the flesh. Our flesh is weak. There's nothing in our flesh that's godly. And so we have to die daily to ourselves. Paul said that. He said, I die daily. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so I have to crucify this flesh. And then he said, our other enemy is the devil. And when we expose ourselves to, to the things that the devil uses as his toys and tools, then what can we expect but to have inroads into our lives from the devil? And among those things is sorcery. A word in sorcery in the Bible is is a better translation of it would maybe drugs. Drugs and sorcery all go together. And when you open your mind to drugs, You're opening your mind to what the devil wants to do in your life. Same thing with fortune tellers. this psychic woman over on the bypass that has the sign up there. God's people don't need to go that. God's people need to go to God and say, God, what are you gonna tell me to do? When you open yourself to that, you're opening yourself to the enemy of, of God and your enemy, the devil. And Ouija boards and cards and all of those kinds of things. Those are tools of the devil. Those are our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Paul is saying, by the grace of God, I have sought the AUG degree. I have studied to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith at the end. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day and not to me only but unto all them that love is appearing. Do you want the AUG degree? Do you really? Do you want the approved under God degree? Then make that a lifetime goal. And whatever is necessary for you to accomplish it, do it. It all begins at Calvary. Brother Chris told us about it in the song a while ago. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. That's my favorite song. They sang it the night I got saved. They sang it at my ordination. We sing it here a lot at the cross. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, we sing that. It reminds us that we're saved by grace through faith. Nothing added, nothing subtracted. Have you been saved? Do you really know Jesus as your savior? And are you seeking the AUG degree? May we bow our heads in prayer, please. Our heads bowed and eyes closed in prayer. Our Father, We thank you for the wonderful songs today, and all of them have pointed to Jesus, reminding us that we're standing on holy ground, and everybody in this room is on holy ground this morning. We have to make decisions what we're going to do with our life, what we're going to do this year of 1996 and 97, as we go to school, as we go to college, as we go to graduate school. Oh, God. We pray that we we'll set a fire in our hearts to seek the AUG degree every day, every week, every month. And may we keep it in our minds all through the day that the degree we really want is to please God, the approved under God degree. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. Would you turn in your hymn books? To number 385 where he leads me I will follow 385 <clears throat> I appreciate your attention this morning <clears throat> if you're here today and you've either you've never been saved you do not know Christ as your personal Savior let me encourage you to open your heart to him if you're not sure how come and let us just show you from the Bible how to be saved how to know you have eternal life springing up in your heart. If you are saved, have you followed Jesus in believers baptism? That's the next thing God wants every Christian to do. When you're first saved, he wants you to be baptized. And then there are those in this place today who need a church home. Be a wonderful thing if you'd move your membership to this church and say, by the grace of God, I wanna serve God while I'm here, here at Glendale Baptist Church and, and take a stand for him and uh, uh, just, just live for the Lord and serve Him, I would encourage you to do that. God bless you. There may be somebody who has been touched by God about a, the will of God for your life, and you need to offer your life to the Lord. While we sing and wait and pray, will you step out for God?